As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Torella. And I'm your better, prettier, younger host, Tori. We're sisters who are obsessed with true crime and love gal palin with you about cases. You can expect the occasional curse word, lots of friends quotes, and all the 90s nostalgia. To get in on the conversation, check us out at KillerQueensPodcast.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Killer Queens Podcast. And we're on YouTube at Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. Okay, y'all, grab your Capri Suns or your Surge, and let's talk about some true crime. Well, welcome back. You're in for a doozy. If this is your first time, sorry. (laughs) It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to get weird. It's going to be one hell of a ride. Yeah. So... Before we jump into the case, of course, if you want extra episodes, ad-free episodes, you want to do fun stuff, hang out, check us out on the Patreon, patreon.com slash killerqueenspod. Yes. There are reasons to go there. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons. Um, We also have a Facebook discussion group. And Um, we have an amazing Instagram where we post hilarious things. Yes. and. If you have not heard, we also have a second show called Oh Snapped. So go check us out there where we recap Snapped episodes starting from season one, episode one. Oh my God. Perfect. Not us. The show Snapped is perfect. Well, and we First I mean, couple you know, seasons are... They're fine in their groove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fine in their groove. But they haven't gotten it yet. Yeah. But man, do we love that show. So mm-hmm. yeah, check it out. Snapped is a gateway show. Those are all the ways you can hang with us. Please do, because we're fun, and you're fun. Yes. And if you want to be around fun people doing fun things, then go check us out. That's where you want to be. And now we can jump right on into the case. I will also say that this case is about a Russian serial killer. So that means we're going to mispronounce some stuff. We're going to piss some people off. We are from Tennessee. Okay. (laughs) So if you feel the need, like, we're going to just do the best that we can. We are going to try. But if we mispronounce something because we don't, we're not familiar with it, it doesn't mean that it's not well-researched and it doesn't mean we don't care. We're just trying. Yeah. Just bear in mind that we're country is turnip greens. Exactly. We're just, we're giving it the best we can. Yeah. 
I also want to go ahead and take this moment to say that this case has to do with murder of children, rape, mutilation, cannibalism, and generally horrific behavior. So if that's not your jam, maybe we'll catch you on the next episode. Yes, 100%. Thank you to Caitlin James for requesting this because this is one, yeah, we've never heard of. And thank you to Sloan Researching, as always. All right. If you're still okay with all of those things, thank you for sticking with us. Here we go. Proceed. On November 6th, 1990, in the Ukraine, 22-year-old Svetlana or Sveta Korostik had been lured by a stranger to the forest around a local train station, Donlaskaz Station. It isn't clear how she was convinced to follow the man, but if he kept with his pattern, he had promised her food or treats, or occasionally there were times when sexual favors were promised by one or the other in exchange for something. However she was lured, she did not leave the forest alive. Once they were in the forest, Sveta was beaten and stabbed to death before she was mutilated. The stranger cut off the tip of her tongue and both of her nipples and ate them right there at the scene. You guys, there's a lot of, it's just, it's bad. It's rough. So. And like no preparation, just, just right there. Ate him right there. Yep. He then covered her naked body with leaves and branches and headed back to the train station. Once he was at the station, the man was spotted by an undercover officer who noticed him washing his hands and shoes in a well. When the man passed the officer, he was wiping sweat from his forehead, and the officer noticed a small smear of what appeared to be blood on his cheek. The officer saw that the man's coat had grass and soil stains on the elbows. The officer decided this man was suspicious enough to approach. I agree. Yes, same. The officer stopped the man and checked his identification and took down his details for a report that he would later submit. Andre Chikatilo, 54 years old. On November 13th, Sveta's body was found and police checked all the reports from the officers at that train station from the past few weeks and the men they had questioned. Chikatilo's name came up. I already forgot how to say it. Mm-hmm. He was on the 1984 and 1987 suspect lists. Then they were able to place him in the areas of other murders throughout the years and they learned about his checkered job history, which we will go on to talk about. Chikatilo was placed under surveillance on November 14th. On November 20th, 1990, Andre Chikatilo left work early because his finger was killing him. He had been bitten by a victim and the bandage on his finger wasn't helping. So he went to a clinic and got an x-ray. It was broken. He returned home and shortly after that left to get some booze. However, while he was out, Chikatilo had other errands to run. He made a few attempts to approach some young boys, but he was seen by three undercover officers. Chikatilo was arrested. He oddly had his briefcase with him on his trip out to get alcohol. Inside the briefcase were a knife, rope, and Vaseline. What is the Vaseline for? Horrific. Oh, my God. He was arrested and would eventually confess to murdering over 50 people, boys, girls, and women from ages 9 to 45. He is terrifying. Andre Romanovich Chikatilo was born on October 16th, 1936 in Yabloknoi in the USSR. This was a hard place and time to live in. 
At this time, Ukraine was known as the breadbasket of the Soviet Union. This wasn't because they had plenty of bread and food. It was actually kind of the opposite. This area was right in the middle of rural Ukraine and farmers were plentiful, but Stalin's agricultural collectivization created hardship. This agricultural collectivization basically meant that all of the farmers were forced to hand over their entire crop for statewide distribution. Okay, this is reminiscent of a bug's life. Mm. And Stalin would be the grasshoppers. (laughs) Okay, now I get it. Do you see where I'm going there? Yep. All the ants collect the food. Mm-hmm. Grasshoppers come and eat the food. Yeah. They don't distribute it, though. That's the only difference. They just eat it. They just eat it then. Yeah. Jerks. Yep. This created famine and took out millions of people who starved to death. In an attempt to survive, many people turned to cannibalism. In fact, when he was a young boy, Chikatilo's mom told him that his older brother, Stefan, had disappeared years earlier and was eaten by neighbors. Why would you tell that to your child? uh, Right. And this is just a widely accepted fact. Like, I mean, I don't know. You got to do what you got to do. Like there's, I'm not trying to judge because I've never been through a hardship like that. And I'm so grateful for it. And I hope we never have to go through anything like that. I was just not expecting it to be like, yeah, a lot of people turn to cannibalism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we just accept that fact. Yeah. It's, yeah. But also like, he's how old? Andre is how old at this point? When he was a young boy, his mom told him his older brother, Stefan, had disappeared and was eaten by neighbors. It's like, okay, well, that's going to not terrify your kid or anything. Right. I mean, there's arguments that Hansel and Gretel are a little too harsh <laughs> for children. Right. Yeah. Let alone being like, your, yeah, you know, well, your brother that you saw yesterday, but you've never seen again since then. Yeah. People ate him. Yeah. Neighbors ate him. So careful. You might want to obey. It's Don't well, get in trouble. Exactly. Like that's that's the ultimate game, isn't it? Yeah. While this can't be verified, it's a piece of information that Chikatilo held onto and likely referenced in his later extracurricular activities. He was like obsessed with that story. It became obviously like a thing for him, but he was he was kind of obsessed with it growing up. Well, you know what? I can't necessarily blame him. If I was to hear something like that, I don't think I would let that go either. No, I, yeah, I wouldn't let it go. You would, you would think he might go the other way with it and be like, I'm going to find who did this to him or something like that. But instead, it sort of ignited this interest in cannibalism for him. Well, I kind of went the other way there. Yeah. Yeah. When he was born, the effects of this were still being felt, meaning that his childhood was one of deprivation. It was also reported that he was born with hydrocephalus, which is water on the brain, which caused genital and urinary tract issues. Mm. Chikatilo wet the bed well into his adolescence. So did you. (laughs) I thought you were going to say well into adulthood because, you know, yesterday. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) No. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. But that's one of the, that's one of the things, you know, serial killers it's tend to exhibit. McDonald triad, right? McDonald triad, yeah. We throw extras in there. So there's like eight points to the McDonald triad for us, but I believe bedwetting is one of them. It's bedwetting, arson, arson, and violence against animals. Yeah. Okay. But the other ones that we've added, just like, I feel like it tends to happen military, like they've been in the military and, oh, what was the other one? Oh, head trauma, multiple Mm -hmm. head traumas. It's just like a lot of serial killers. Seem to it's have like that the too. medulla oblongata. Mm. Mm-hmm. Young Andre loved to read. His favorite topic to read about was German prisoners that were captured and tortured by the Soviet Union during World War II. Oh, a little light reading. That's, yeah, a little strange for a kid to be reading, but okay. I feel like that's, I just assume around that time or that area, that's, what people, you know what I mean? Like that would be like a lullaby or like a bedtime story for them. Yeah, probably. Like there, I know there's movies where it's like, you know, something in particular, I can't think of what it is. Like maybe Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think in a, like a wartime, in a war type environment. Yeah. I mean, kids are going to be exposed to stuff you probably wouldn't, Otherwise, you wouldn't want them exposed to. So they have it's to like, grow up real fast. Yeah, they do. And they have to know about some things. They're going to see some stuff. They're going to hear about stuff. They need to be able to protect themselves. So, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot going on that's just, you know, yeah, they have to grow up really fast. The topic was probably of particular interest after his father's military service that didn't go well. His father was enlisted in the military during World War II and was captured as a prisoner of war. This was seen as a cowardly and traitorous move by his countrymen, and his father was criticized heavily. Wait, so I would think being captured and probably captured and possibly tortured, maybe? I don't know. You would think, oh my gosh, that poor man. And they're like, what a fucking loser. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, they, like, even the kids at his school made fun of him because his dad allowed himself to get captured because he was a coward. It is reminiscent of, like, Asian cultures and how if they shame, the shame brought on them, then they just, like, kill themselves because they can't, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like pride is very important, but Mm -hmm. that's kind of out of your control, I would think. 
Yeah, I would think too. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not like he just walked out. I mean, I don't, I guess I don't know the story, but it's not like he just walked over and was like, you know what? I'm kind of done with this whole like fighting thing. So if you just want to take me and torture the hell out of me all the time, that would actually be great. I'm sort of done with this. Like, yeah, I don't think he wanted to get captured. And yeah, people were super mean to him about it. They made fun of him at school for it. It was like, your dad's a coward. That's crazy. It's just a whole different world. And Andre was painfully shy already. So once he started getting bullied all the time, I mean, that just made things worse. Well, and we see that a lot with serial killers. Mm -hmm. They are heavily bullied when they are little. Yeah. That's the ninth point of the McDonald triad. We're just going to add one every time. Exactly. When he was a teenager, some reports say 15, some say into his 20s he finally got the chance to be with a girl. But just like everything else in his life, it did not go well. When the girl indicated that she wasn't really interested in sex, he overpowered her and held her down. However, during the struggle, he prematurely shot his wad in his pants. Oh, no. And when the girl saw it, he let her go. It was reported that this was another thing he got bullied over. So, like, it's like he started getting bullied in school about his dad. And then literally, like, as he got older, he just kept getting bullied. For other things. For other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, It was just like. It seems like, and I don't don't believe this, but it seems like all the other kids kind of view Chikatilo as low-hanging fruit. Like, easy. Mm Mm-hmm. An easy shot. Right? Yeah. It reminds me of Friends when Rachel thinks that Ross, she's like, oh, that's okay. And he just rolled over on the juice box. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, what? No, that was the juice box. (laughs) Yeah. That is embarrassing though. Well, but he did hold her down and he forced her into something that she wasn't ready for. Yeah. So kind of fuck you, dude. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. This unfortunate encounter did have an upside for Andre. He inadvertently discovered that Fear and violence were powerful aphrodisiacs to him. He felt like the actual act of sex was the fear and violence. This is a big, big, big problem. Huge. 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 When he was 18, Chikatilo applied to Moscow State University. He failed his entrance exams and was refused admittance, but he claimed that it was due to his father's humiliating war record. Blame, blame, blame. Yes, he literally, he blamed a lot of stuff in his life on his dad. Like he believed that like the government was out to get him for, or I mean, maybe not the government, but like, like he really, I think he told himself to the point that he fully believed that the- He didn't stand a chance, right? Yeah, that the university knew about his dad and they were never going to let him in because of that. Like this- Thing was going to follow him around and it, and it was not his fault. You yeah, know? he had no power or no effect on that. Yeah, yeah. But the reality is you actually have to do well to get into the school. That's all there is to it. Like, well, there's only I'm, so many places and you have to, you know, do better. Yeah, you have to perform well. But I feel like for Andre, it's not his fault that his dad was so humiliating that that made him bad at doing homework. That's not his fault. Yeah, I mean, his hands are tied, you know? In Ukraine, it is mandatory that a person serves in the military between age 20 to 27 for at least 18 months. 
So Andre began his national service in 1957, and after that, he moved to Russia near Rostov. Chikatilo became a telephone engineer, and later his younger sister moved in with him. She felt bad for how unsuccessful he was with girls, so she set up a meet-cute with a girl named Faina in 1962. I feel bad for Faina. Yeah. His sister must have not liked her very much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, you're a bitch. I'll set you up with my brother. <laughs> right. I'm the perfect person for you. <laughs> yeah. By 1963, they were married. Oh. Yeah. Faina noticed that Chikatilo wasn't very interested in sex, and when they did have sex, he had difficulty getting an erection and consummating their marriage. Despite this, they did manage to have two kids, a daughter named Liadmila in 1965 and a son named Yuri in 1969. In 1970, Andre enrolled in Rostov Liberal Arts University. He received degrees in Russian literature, engineering, and Marxism-Leninism, and after graduation in 1971, he got a job at vocational school number 32 in Novoshiktinsk. His shyness impacted his ability to be a good teacher. He was frequently teased by the students and staff alike, but as he would later admit, he found oh, being God. around the young children sexually arousing. Oh, yeah. And this, I mean, <laughs> this is when he first notices it, but obviously you don't need to be a teacher. I think that that's a contradiction in terms to be like, I'm a good teacher, but I'm also sexually attracted to the students. Like, you can't say that. Then you're not a good teacher. Yeah, exactly. You're not a good teacher. And you need to give that job up and get into some sort of like a therapy or something like, yeah, you need treatment. You need help. Because there are certain things that everybody just knows, you know, deep in your heart, even if it's something that you're into, but if it's not like, if it's illegal, probably need to get some help for that. You know, yeah. I'm not in the I'm not in the business of judging people. I don't want to judge people. Yeah. There are certain things though that that's out of everybody's hands. You need to get some help with yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I was talking to my husband about this this week because what um, do you guys talk about. Am I jumping the gun here? Well, I'm gonna tell you. Oh, I am jumping the gun. Yeah. <laughs> But we were talking about what did Gail say? What did what did she say? Um, but we were talking about people like sex offenders and how a lot of times they're given these short sentences and let back out and then it happens again. So his friend is a firefighter, first responder, and he went on a call last week to a house where a man was raping a three-year-old boy. So by the time he got there, the police had already taken the man away, but they were there to attend to the child. Oh, no. And he said... Because he and I have talked about cases, you know, before, and I have I have always held the position that once you do something like that, you are, it's in your nature. Like, I just think, I think you're going to be a repeat offender if you're not getting some kind of treatment or whatever. And they're not doing that. They're just putting people in jail. So he said, he was like, yeah, to your point, that guy had literally just gotten out of jail for a charge just like that like a week before that or something crazy. And then he comes out and does that. And I was like, yeah, because think about, think about like your, you know, your sexual urges or whatever. Like or what, what, what turns you on? Yeah. So like you are, you know, talking to my husband, you're attracted to women, but if that was wrong, if that was illegal, if that was whatever, like 
you would have a hard time. You're not going to be able to just be like, okay, I'm just not going to be attracted to that anymore. Like it's disgusting to be attracted to children. You shouldn't do it. But if that is innate in you, then you need some kind of treat. You can't just, you can't just put somebody in jail for a year or six months or whatever and be like, okay, now don't do it again. Like, right. Especially if you're to the point where you are okay with raping somebody, forcing somebody into sex or kidnapping somebody, Mm -hmm. like you're going to continue to do whatever you need to do to get what you want because you've now decided that your sexual urge and impulse is more important than another person's life, their mental health, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you can't go cold turkey with something like that. You have to have help outside of yourself. Because if if you were capable of doing that, you wouldn't have gone that far in the first place. Right, yeah. I mean, it's just like, what, back in the 50s and 60s and they would try to use shock therapy to shock the gay away, you know, and all that kind of stuff. First of all, stupid, doesn't work. Like, and I am in absolutely no way saying that that is deviant sexual behavior, but what I'm saying is they used to believe it. And you're giving an example of what that used to look like in previous. Yeah, but it also, like, it didn't work. So I don't know... I don't know what would work, you know, I don't know what you could do. But removing the the problem or the symptom for, let's say, a year, however many years, whatever, and then just re- putting them back into an environment where that is yeah. readily available. Yeah, and not putting any kind of, yeah, restrictions on them. I mean- Or like practices into place where you could be like, okay, if this is how I'm feeling, maybe I do this instead, or maybe I work on this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because all yeah. that does is just like, wouldn't that fuel your hunger? If you haven't had it for a long time, and then all of a sudden you're like, ooh, you would think. Yeah, I know. It's <sighs> fucked up. The system is flawed. Oh, totally. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Chikatilo, as a teacher, was problematic to say the least. He would creep around the bathrooms and was accused of assaulting boy and girl students. By 1972, there were so many parent complaints that he was actually forced to resign. But he, and this is just like, you know, doctors and nurses that this kind of stuff happens to. He just got another job as a teacher. And nobody talked to anybody else and was like, hey, this guy's problematic and you don't want him to work at your school. Yeah, exactly. There was nothing like he didn't have any reports, you know, filed or like or any like job, ref- like a reference for... Yeah, and he wasn't arrested. Nobody pressed charges, you know, none of that kind of stuff. So it was just like, they just said, look, you can't be here anymore. And he's like, okay, fine. And then they were like, you know, you're somebody else's problem now. We don't exactly. want to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. 
He got a job at one school and was put in charge of the boys' dorm. Right. Yeah. His charges did not listen to him, and he and they frequently teased him. One night, Andre was caught trying to perform oral sex on a young boy who was sleeping. The fuck? The senior students that caught him attacked him and beat him up. I mean, I don't blame him. Yeah. Chikatilo decided that instead of just not doing that anymore, he was going to start carrying a knife with him for protection. So again, to your point earlier, you have to assume that he knows that this is a problem because everybody is like, dude, this is fucked up. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. So rather than looking inside of himself because he's not capable of doing that to be like, look, I need to just really get this in check because it's it's hard to do. I can't imagine fighting an urge that's innate in you. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. what he does is becomes violent mm-hmm. and in a, as a reaction. Right, yeah. I have to fight for my ability to do what I want to do. It's like- um, Well, BC Boys did a terrible disservice by saying you've got to fight for your right to party. That's all I'm going to say. Well, yeah. So it's just like Israel Keys. Remember when he did the thing that he did with the cat around the tree? And he said that his friends threw up upon seeing this. And he said, in that moment, I realized not this is wrong and I shouldn't do it. I realized- can't do it around other people. I can't do it around other people. I have to only do this kind of stuff alone. I have to be two different people now. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like It makes them more cunning. Yeah. Yeah. Because they do have to be two people, two different people. You have to hide that because you know that you're not going to be accepted for it anywhere else. And you can't stop doing it. And yeah. And you, well, and you won't stop doing it. Yeah. That's the difference. You yeah. won't stop doing it. Because like, I don't know. And I think that's why it's important to kind of like learn about this stuff. Not to glorify serial killers ever, 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 but to learn like, because there are different types of people. There are people who say, I've done something, I'm not proud of it, and I'm not going to do that anymore or whatever. And then there's people that say, I've done something, I know it's wrong, and now I'm just going to keep doing it, but I'm going to do it behind closed doors where I nobody just have to get better at doing it. Yeah. And I have to get better at hiding it. Yeah. So if that's what we're talking about here, then we need to address that in our justice system. Well, yeah. And I feel like it's that same quote where it's like, if we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because what are we doing to stop this? Yeah. To eradicate this behavior. Yeah. Okay. In 1978, Chikatilo and his family moved to Shakti and he started his killing spree. You were going to say something, though. Well, it just makes me wonder because it is reminiscent of the Iceman mm. killer. Or Iceman. I don't yeah. know. His family had no idea. Right. Joseph Fritzel. Nobody knew. Yeah. How do you get away? I mean, they're very good mm-hmm. at being who they need to be. And they're slippery and that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. On December 22nd, 1978, he killed Lena Zakathora, who was only nine years old. Her body was found two days later. He was actually called in for questioning, but he was released when his wife gave him a rock-solid alibi that he was home all evening. Okay, so there we go. Maybe maybe she didn't know the extent of what was happening, but she was very loyal to him, so she covered yeah. for him? Well, and I, I read that she was actually at work that night. So what I don't even hell? know why they like why they took that as fact because she wouldn't have known if he left or not. 
he just told her he was home. And so she believed him. And but this is the seventies where it's like, you don't have cell phone records that ping towers and things like yeah. that. However, someone had to go down for this crime and the police had quite a reputation for being able to obtain a confession by any means necessary. So when the police brought in a 25-year-old man named Alexander Kravchenko, who had a previous rape conviction from raping a 17-year-old girl in 1970, he ended up confessing and was arrested. He was tried for the murder of Lena Zekathora, and he was convicted. His sentence was death, and in 1984, he was executed. And I, I read it was by firing squad. Yeah. Yeah. From 1978 to 1981, Chikatilo stayed off the police radar and there were no known murders during this time. In 1981, however, Chikatilo was quote-unquote made redundant, which is basically means being fired. This is usually because the employer needs to reduce the number of people who work there. Oh, okay. So when business is downsizing, right? I mean, yeah, like layoffs and yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because I read that, I read that somewhere else or that phrase somewhere else recently. It was like being made redundant. Um, Somebody was in redundancy or something like that, I feel like. But I think think it's the, it's a European, we don't say that here, but I know the word redundant. It just doesn't mean the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And it was basically that, like you've been laid off or whatever. Okay. Uh, So he was laid off from the mining school he'd been working at. Since he was unable to find another teaching job due to the complaints against him, he got a job as a clerk for a raw materials factory in Rostov. And his wife was not so happy about that because she really liked the fact that she had like married this guy who was educated and he had a prestigious job as a teacher. And she was really proud of that. And then when he gave up, on trying to do teaching jobs because obviously he has so many complaints, couldn't fight it anymore. She wasn't real happy with that, but, and, and it was, I mean, I'm sure the pay was less and all that kind of stuff, but well, obviously think, she didn't know why. Right. I think, because I don't know how it is in other parts of the world, here in the United States, the school, like every, well, if you are if you work in a school, you ha- typically have the same hours that your children do. So. Mm-hmm. That is very helpful because you are off on weekends, you're off for summer break, you're off for this, you're off for that. So there are lots of things that make it pretty beneficial Yeah, for having small children yourself. Yeah. And he was home all the time. So the new job that he had, he had to travel a lot. So he's not going to be home as much. But that also opens up the victim pool because now he's going to be around other people in other areas, which would make it honestly, a lot harder to oh, track. Yeah, I mean, he's elusive now. Yeah, any serial killer is going to really, really, really like a job where they're going to have to travel a lot because that just makes it so much harder to put together. Mm-hmm. If you have murders in different areas, you're not... Israel Keys. Yeah. He didn't travel for his job, but he traveled a lot. He traveled a lot. Recreationally, unfortunately. I mean, I personally fear that every truck driver I come in contact with is a serial killer. Well, redheaded murders. Yeah. But I mean, it's like the perfect job, you know? Mm-hmm. You're crossing state lines. Makes it harder. On September 3rd, 1981, he found a 17-year-old Larissa Kachenko. He strangled and stabbed her after he gagged her with dirt and leaves so she couldn't scream. It's horrific. Oh the violence he used got him off and gave him release. 
Chikatilo focused on young runaways he met at bus stops and train stations and got them to come with him to the forest where he would attack them. He would attempt to rape them, and in many cases, he ate the reproductive organs of his victims. <sighs> Sometimes he would remove pieces of their bodies, such as the tip of a nose or a tongue. Or in a the, nipple. Uh-huh. In the early victims, he would remove or damage their eyes in some way. He would later claim that he did this because he believed that the victims kept an imprint of his face in their eyes even after death. During this time in the Soviet Union, serial killers were kind of a phenomenon that wasn't really a thing they dealt with or knew about. And I mean, it really wasn't until... It was the 70s here. Yeah, it was the 70s here that it started becoming really prominent. Well, the term serial killer wasn't even a thing. Mm -mm. Yeah, not until then. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The Soviet Union also had a habit of suppressing information that they felt would cause the public to get out of line or frenzied. However, the eye mutilation that Chikatilo was so fond of was so distinct that the police were able to link these cases and they had to admit to having a serial killer on their hands. So this is probably one of the first cases of them having an MO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they didn't want to admit that they had a serial killer on the loose, but by this point, the public was trying to come up with what was happening on their own. Serial killer wasn't one of their options. So they were saying that maybe these murders were done by foreigners or even werewolf attacks. Werewolf attacks. So they're like, no, guys, it's a serial killer. Like, just, we don't want to scare you, but it's not a werewolf, okay? We need so, to reign in your imagination. Yeah, exactly. In... June 12, 1982, 13-year-old Luba Biryuk was Chikatilo's third victim. He attempted to rape her, but when he couldn't, he stabbed her repeatedly and slashed her eyes. Two weeks later, her body was found, but by then it was almost skeletal due to the heat of the summer and being exposed to the elements. For the rest of that year, he would do little else besides murder. So we do have kind of a list of names and dates of some murders here. Please try to be understanding <laughs> of what's about to happen. Yeah, this is very like Jesus take the wheel. I'm just gonna, we're just gonna do the best we can. Well, and again, we're from Tennessee. Yeah, and his MO is similar. And the, I mean, and that's another thing that really is difficult about serial killer cases is you don't get I mean, if he has 56 victims, like, 
We can't get background yeah, information. Yeah, we can't get background on every single one of them, which is unfortunate. But we have, so that was June the 12th, Luba. And then July 25th, 1982, a 14-year-old girl, Vola, Vola Boyeva? Sure. August 13th, 1982, nine-year-old girl, Oleg Pojiadev? Yes. August 16th, 1982, 16-year-old girl, Olga Koeprina? September 8th, 1982, nine-year-old boy. They don't say Ira, do they? The Ira? I'm Ira. Ira Karabelnikova? September 15th, 1982, 15-year-old boy, Sergei Koizmin. December 11th, 1982, 10-year-old girl, Olga Stalmachenko. Then there was a lull in his spree, but it's not known why. He picks back up in June of 83, where he kills 15-year-old Laura Sarkisian. Then in the summer of 1983, an unidentified woman between the ages of 18 and 25. September 1983, 22-year-old woman Valentina Chuchelina. October 27, 1983, 19-year-old girl Vera Shevkin. December 27, 1983, 14-year-old boy Sergei Markov. By the end of 1983, Chikatilo was up to 17 victims, but only six bodies had been found at that point. He started in 78. Mm-hmm. It's five years. 17 victims, five years. That's so fast. Like, yeah, because a lot of times, you know, they'll kind of at least months apart, but... Well, and it, don't we find that the reasoning behind that is because they want to cool off so they don't get found? Yeah. But then they become more emboldened when they aren't discovered. Right, Yeah. And he's obviously, he's having, he's ramp that impulse is ramping up. He's not able to control it as well, mm-hmm. if at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he ain't scared of shit. Exactly. It's terrifying. The Moscow militia was getting increasingly concerned with the number of children that were disappearing. Detective Major Mikhail Fedosov mm-hmm. was given control of the investigation. He and his team were sent to Rostov. Fedosov took a look at everything the local police had done, and he was pissed. Fedosov sent a scathing report to his superiors and gave his harsh criticisms of the local police and their work. He also suggested that all of the six murders were the work of a singular individual who was motivated by sex. Man, he was before his time, wasn't he? Right? Headquarters reluctantly agreed to the serial killer theory. By 1984, Chikatilo's victims became known as Lesopolosa or the forest strip killings. The samples of semen that were taken from the crime scene were tested as best they could in 1984. And they found that the person who provided the specimen had type AB blood. That's a big window of people. Well, yeah, but it does drill down. Sure. But here's the thing. Mm. Unfortunately, so like, because he was still 
free to wreak havoc, Chikatilo was very busy in 1984. There would be a further 15 victims this year. I mean, he is just not slowing down. In fact, he's, well, he's speeding up. up. Yeah. January 9th, 17-year-old girl Natalia Shalapanina. Okay. February 21st, 45-year-old woman Marta Ryabenko. March 24th, 10-year-old boy Dmitry Chachnikov. This would be the first crime scene where they found evidence of a footprint left by the murderer. May of 1984, a 32-year-old mother, Tatiana Pet- Petrosian, mm-hmm. and her 11-year-old daughter, Svetlana. It was reported that Tatiana had been a mistress of Chikatilo's. But, and if, if that's the case, then this would be the first person he's connected to, right? Because mm-hmm. everybody else is just random? Yes, at random. That's got to be a dangerous thing to do. And I don't know about specifics about genitals, but he reminds me a little of Edmund Kemper. Like, unable to perform unless it's with a dead body or in the act of a brutal murder. Right, yeah. Yeah, which would also make it weird that he would have a mistress because he, if he can't He already had trouble, yeah, with his wife. I mean, they could... They barely consummated their marriage. They barely had two children. Yeah. So the fact that they pr- produce any children in in that union is crazy. Right. But, yeah. Huh. Yeah. And it didn't seem, I mean, he was known, not known for his sexual desires. Like he wasn't known for being a sexual person. Yeah. Yeah. June 1984, 22 year old woman, Yelena Bacolina. July 10th. 13-year-old boy, Dimitri Ilarionov. July 19th, 19-year-old Anna Lemesheva? Lemesheva? I don't know. I'm I'm so sorry. Also in July, 20-year-old Svetlana Sana. On August 1st, Andre Chikatilo began a new job. And on the and the next day on August 2nd, he killed 16-year-old Natalia Golosovakaya. Okay, thank you. August 7th, 17-year-old Ludmila Alexeyeva? Yes. Somewhere between August 8th and 11th, Chikatilo murdered a woman who has never been identified who was between the ages of 20 to 25. August 13th, a 12-year-old girl Ekmoral. Oh my God. Say a. Say. Say Dali. Say Dalieva? Yes. Golly. August 28th, 11 year old boy Alexander Sashja Shepel. September 6th, 24 year old young woman Irina Lukinskaya. Lukinskaya. Okay. I'm just going to just confession time. This gives me anxiety and makes me sweat. <laughs> All of these names. Yeah. Because they're, we're doing them so wrong and I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, we definitely are. Also, it's so many people. Oh, of course. No, no, no. That's not, I didn't mean yeah. that that's the only reason, but yes. I'm have, I'm struggling with trying to do them justice, but there's so many people here. It's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, there's, so, yeah. I hate, I, I hate, 
I hate mispronouncing stuff, which people might be surprised because it seems like we do it a lot. It seems like we enjoy it. Yeah, we certainly don't do it on purpose, but I hate mispronouncing victims' names. And it's just, it's, I mean, we've, we really did try to look up like pronunciations and all kinds of stuff. So again, we're doing the best we can here. It's one of the, one of the only little things that we can do to honor them. And I feel like we're fucking it up, but we're trying. Yeah. But we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're listing them when we can. So, I mean, we at least want to do that much. So many, unfortunately. On September 13th, 1984, undercover officers patrolling a train station saw a man in a fur hat walking around the platform and approaching young women. Then they saw him grope a sex worker. He was arrested for public lewdness and they found that the briefcase he was carrying contained a knife. Hmm, which, who do we know that carries a briefcase full of inappropriate items like a knife and Vaseline and things like that? Right, exactly. Hmm. While in custody, a blood sample was taken and the police checked into his background. The police found that Andre Chikatilo was known for having voyeuristic tendencies toward the young girls in the dormitories at schools that he worked at. Well, did they not know about the oral sex that he was trying to have with sleeping young boys? Right. He also had a history of assaulting these students. However, the police were convinced that they were looking for a young sexual pervert, not some old guy. Then when the blood type came back as type A, they figured they had the wrong guy since their sample said their suspect was type AB. What they did not know is that Andre Chikatilo was in a minority group called non-secretors. His saliva, sperm, and other bodily fluids would test as type AB, but his blood was only type A. How is that even a thing? It's, I know, it's totally a thing. Well, this, they should get, because do they take differing types of DNA from, you know, like you can do blood, but yeah. when they get like a swab or something else? I mean, I don't know what they, yeah. I mean, this is in the 80s too. Maybe they just don't know. Yeah. yeah. But at the scene, you know, what they're finding to match it with is sperm. So, so they're they don't, like, oh, this guy's not. Yeah. They don't know. And this is because the B antigens aren't present in the blood in large enough quantities to appear as AB on a blood test. If they had tested literally anything other than his blood, they would have gotten a type AB. But I guess, I mean, I guess when you do that, when you find a a blood type, I mean, you're not going to then turn around and be like, okay, I need you to jack it in this cup because we got to match, you know, semen to semen. It's like, we're just going to take your blood because that's the easiest thing to do. Or, I mean, I and this know, is whatever. brand new information to me. So I wouldn't have been like, oh, okay, well, if that's not going to work, if we hadn't had this conversation and somebody brought me this information, I wouldn't be like, well, we need to check something else. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that. So now we know you probably check two, two kinds, do the blood and do a swab. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yep. The police were able to hold Chikatilo for theft charges from his previous employer. So he was sentenced to one year in prison but he was released after serving just three months. So like the thing is, the police were like, I feel like some of the police were like, I feel like this guy is the guy who did it. But then his blood test came back as not the right blood type. And they're like, that doesn't make any sense because it just seems like it's him. Like we really feel like it's him. So they tried to hold him on whatever they could. Of course, he gets out on, you know, good behavior or whatever. And they're kind of back to square one because they're like, how can we be so wrong? Like we thought this was him. It's not him because it doesn't match. Okay, but what pisses me off about 
this case and other cases like this is there is enough evidence there to try him for other things, I feel like. Because mm. he has, well, if people had pressed charges or whatever, reported it. Yeah. He has, he exhibits enough lewd and illegal behavior mm-hmm. that it's not just the murders that he could be getting in trouble for. And then for him right. to be convicted and have a one-year sentence and then get out in three months. Yeah. That's insane. And then we could go ahead and be like, okay, well, in those three months, did we have any murders? No. If he stayed in for a year, did we have any murders? Hmm. Well, I mean, sure, we would, but it wouldn't be as many. Would they fit the MO? Would exactly. they fit? Right. Yeah. And and yeah, if It'd any of these, yeah, if any of these reports, if any of these other things, like the assault on that young boy in the dorm, the things that he was doing, like if any of that had been taken more seriously, how many lives could we have saved? Mm-hmm. This is so many people that died at the hands of this man. But it's classic slipping through the cracks. Yeah, totally. So on December 12th, 1984, Chikatilo was free again. And that's part one. Yeah. So next time we will, you know, continue on this fucked up ride or journey. And we'll also finally get to his trial and where he's caught and all the things. So thank you so much for listening and join us next time to continue the Chiquitilo saga. Oh yeah. If you are a patron, you'll get it immediately. All patrons get immediate access to part two. Part two. Um, and if you're not totally cool, we will catch you next week for the rest of it. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. All right. Before we leave you for the week, We want to thank some of our new patrons. Hey, girl, thanks. Thank you, Lily M. Susanna G. Meredith J.T. Shay. Reza T. Tiana W. Sydney W. Colette D. Bridget O. Yasmina W. Adjawa B. Florencia M. Allie K. Daniel P. Raylin A. Florencia V. Helen F. Gina P. Allison R. Leslie. Holly Kramer. Tabitha B. Abby B. And Dina G. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this case. Connect with us on Instagram or Facebook to continue the conversation. Thanks for listening and we will meet you back here next week. Bye. The theme song for the show is created and composed by Stephen Toby. You can find more of Stephen's work on SoundCloud. Our logo was created by Sloane Williams of Sophisticated Crayon. You can find more of her work on Etsy. Visit us at KillerQueensPodcast.com for merch and other info about the show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.